Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Good morning and welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. It's Friday. Happy Friday. It's the 15th of May. And um, we are looking today at Acts 27 verses 13 through 38. This is a passage that has been on my mind for the last year or so. And uh, I'm excited to read it and unpack it with Jill Lehman, our guest. Um, for this week. And uh, Jill, would you mind if I read this one? Sure. All right, great. It goes like this. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Cauda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard. They passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Sirtis, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea, when about midnight, the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the, blo- from the bow. But then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, He took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. 
They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. What do you think, Joe? <laughs> I kind of was confused on this one. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a lot there. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not real sure what to take away from it other than, you know, Paul just being in, encouraging yep. through yep. the storm. Yeah, sometimes with passages like this, it's it's hard to, there's nothing in it that you go, oh, well, I guess I'll just do that. You know, it's right. not like a direct command, like when Jesus says, love each other, um, it's like, okay, I can hear that word for me. But you're like, I've never been in a shipwreck. Uh-uh. So no. what does this have to do with me? Right. Other than sometimes my life feels like a shipwreck. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I think we, we can go there. No, yeah. Sometimes our life does feel like a shipwreck, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And when you're in the middle of a shipwreck, um, whatever's happening in your life, you might have similar emotions that the people on this ship might feel. Even if the context is different, you might have almost the same emotions, panic, um, fear, confusion, desperation, um, hunger, uh, longing for stability, you know, longing for safety, wishing things would return to normal, relief, all those kinds of things are things that you would, you know, you would experience and desire in the midst of your own shipwreck, even if you're not on an actual ship. Have you ever, yeah. uh, you've experienced some of those things? Yeah. Yep. Just that, you know, when I, when you read the passage about, they were worried about the ship splitting apart and they kind of bound it with ropes to hold the ship together from running on the sandbars, I kind of took that as, wow, God, I feel like sometimes I was hanging on by the rope and Jesus was that rope that, that held me together hmm. through those trials. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, um, I mean, if I could be so bold to offer some kind of an interpretation here of the shipwreck, I think there's a couple ways you could interpret this passage and they're all symbolic. So it takes a little bit of imagination, but imagine the ship is our flesh, our mortal self, our, our, you know, limited non-eternal life on earth that is going to someday be traded for eternal life, our resurrection body. And life is like a storm that is just battering us and battering us and it's tempting to lose hope sometimes and sometimes we want to jump off the boat and be like i don't want to do this anymore um sometimes we do have hope though and god shows up and speaks to us words of comfort and encouragement and even prophecy to say you're going to make it through this like paul gets a promise that he's going to be delivered 
and that this is not the end. And that's the same promise we get. We talked about baptism this week and making it through fire, making it through trials, First Peter and Psalm 66. We're going to make it, <laughs> you know, God's going <laughs> to deliver us. And that's the word of hope that Paul says. Um, so that's one interpretation is, and then look what Paul does. He urges them to eat and he breaks bread in front of them. He, he looks, you know, he, he said, after he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. For me, that's, that's an image of communion, of worship. Yes. Praising God in the middle of what you're going through, before you're even delivered, on the way, saying, this is my daily bread. My food is through the will of the one who sent me. My food is to dwell in the presence of God. My, my calling is to be in that trinity sandwich like we talked about yesterday yeah being in god's love and abiding with jesus i'm going to give thanks to god and dwell in his love even in the midst of this and trust that he's going to deliver me so i think that's one interpretation of this um and thank you for for drawing that out i i didn't see it as an individual thing until you you kind of um even just said what you said so thanks for that the other interpretation i had for this was as a church, um, as a church, I, this is how I've been reflecting on this last year. This is why it's gotten my attention is, and I don't mean just Victory Point. I mean the church, the, the church of the world, the, the church of the United States, the church of Michigan, whatever. God's church on earth. Oftentimes, so much of what we do as a church was, is more about this idea of Christendom or, you know, buildings and budgets and staff and all the programs and things like that, that are the way that we function as a church, which is like a ship sailing on smooth seas. You know, we have our church, like Victory Point, for example, sailing on a smooth sea. We've got our ship, we're going, and then a storm hits. And all of a sudden, we start to realize that the church we have been given, passed down to us, um, may not make it through this storm, whatever the storm is. And I think part of the storm is, um, is what God is doing to, to expose some of the weaknesses <laughs> of us as a church and to try to deliver us into missional discipleship, into living as part of God's kingdom, into our full calling as a church. And um, when coronavirus hit Victory Point, um, and we had to cancel our services. Um, I said, I texted Matt and said, I think the ship has hit a reef. I mean, <laughs> later in this passage, what happens is this, this shipwreck, it, it, they hit a reef, literally, and they can't go any farther. And I was like, I think we've hit a reef, Matt. Like, we're going to have to abandon the way things have been in order to grab a hold of the new thing that God is doing. And we are now without a ship. You know, we are simply the people of God sent on mission. And who knows what the next ship will look like, what the next land will look like. But um, for me, there's, the, I'm seeing Paul's leadership as he's leading 276 people through a shipwreck, um, holding on to the promises of God that we are God's people and we will make it together. You know, even though we're going through all kinds of things together, even though our culture is changing around us, we're all experiencing different kinds of suffering and challenge and um, whatever that looks like for all of us. It's okay to let 
go of our structures. It's okay to let go of our building. It's okay to let go of our patterns. Um, and maybe that's what God needs to do in order to move us to the new thing that he has for us. Not to say that we're no longer a church, but we're more so the church now because we're just the people of God. And what will it look like coming out of this to, to land on land and to be together again? Um, I'm not sure what that's going to look like. But for me, this is a passage that I've been reflecting on for the past year as a promise that God is going to lead his church forward and bring us through um, and deliver us into um, a more full expression of um, what it means to be the church, people of God. We have to just remember those that are thinking about jumping ship and pray yeah. for those because times with churches, I think people are confused. They're not quite sure. Some people are, I think, are angry because yep. the church should never close. And it's very confusing for some people. Yep. There are probably some throughout the country that are thinking jumping ship and, and we need to really pray for, for yeah. those. Yeah. And I think it, it's, um, we, we desire that everybody would stay on board. You know, like we want, we want to see, to help lead everyone uh, forward and to not lose anyone along the way. And, um, and I think there's going to be pe some people who hold on to the shipwreck as if that's what we need to hold on to. Do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. in the passage later on in the past, in this story, Paul says, all right, everybody jump off the boat, take a piece of the boat and use it to swim to shore. And uh, so they all have to leave the ship behind and it gets destroyed by the waves. And that's okay because the people are safe, you know, um, in the same way, I think there's going to be some people when we say, all right, it's time to let go of this and do the new thing as a church. Um, there's always people who are going to not want to jump off the boat. That's kind of a scary thing. And to swim, yeah. shore, it's a scary thing. Um, and it, takes a lot of grief to do that it takes a lot of sacrifice to let go of the things that we've known so far and um and yet we must if we want to move forward into the thing god wants wants for us so um there's definitely a lot of leadership involved and a lot of care and attention to every single person making sure that um, nobody is lost along the way but i think that's a good sensitivity that there's a lot of us who are kind of like what are we doing anymore? You know, like, what does my faith even mean now that I'm not going to church? And and that's a great opportunity. I mean, some of us, if you're listening to the podcast right now, you are, you might be thinking like, I, I don't know where my faith is right now, now that I'm not gathering with the church. And I don't know what it means to follow Jesus in my day-to-day -day life. And there's an opportunity either to say, well, maybe, maybe I should jump ship or, walk away and maybe this isn't as important as I thought it was or to say all right well this is an opportunity for me to learn how to swim you know now now it's time for me to own my faith for maybe the first time in a long time so all right this is something I want to take seriously no one else is going to be doing this for me and uh, the truth is no one ever has been able to do it for us and I think that's just accentuated now that it's 
it's our own responsibility to take our own spiritual formation into our own hands and go, all right, I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what. And um, this is something that I want to be part of my life. This is my life. So I think it's a, a great choice that we're faced with right now. And um, if, if you're kind of on the fence and you're thinking about, um, you know, your faith and having some of those questions, I would love to have a conversation with you. Um, we would love to be able to talk with you about, like, how do you make faith a part of your daily life and how do you own it? So I think that's a really good insight, Jill. Thanks for that, that there's a lot of people who are probably losing hope right now. And yeah. um, so to be able to pay attention to those people and love them and include them and listen to them and help lead them. We must never forget in the ship, in the shipwreck to always give thanks. Yeah. Even though it doesn't, things are confusing and you don't understand, but Paul, you know, gave thanks and we should remember to do that always. Yeah. Yep. It's always an opportunity to thank God. Even thanking God in advance for his deliverance. Always yeah. an opportunity to thank God. Well, thank you, Jill. Um, just thank you for joining me this whole week. I really appreciate your insight and your just who you are um, and love having you on this podcast with us. Um, I have no idea who's going to be on the podcast next this coming Monday, but I assure you we will have uh, another week of podcasts next week. And until then, we hope to see your beautiful face on Sunday morning. Um, so please join us, everyone, on Sunday morning for worship at 10 a.m. And uh, we will get to see you then. Thanks, Jill. You're welcome. <laughs>